I'm Stu Whiffin. And I'm Adam Richardson. And not only are we the editors of Pod Bible Magazine, we're also your hosts for the Pod Bible Podcast. The podcast podcast where podcasters talk to podcasters about podcasts and podcasting. It doesn't get more meta than that, right? Hello. What's this? A bonus episode of the Pod Bible Podcast. Has it got podcasters talking about podcasters? No. It hasn't. This is not your normal Pod Bible podcast or your normal bonus episode of the Pod Bible podcast. This is a very special episode of the Pod Bible podcast. And yes, I'm trying to say podcast as much as I possibly can. My name is Adam Richardson. I'm the normal host, your weekly host of the Pod Bible podcast. Sometimes we have Stu Whiffin and Scroobius Pip joining me. Um, but for today, it's just me because I'm purely here to give you a very quick introduction to what the rest of this episode is all about. You may have seen the artwork, you may have seen the title, but let me explain a little more because what you're about to hear is the first episode of our brand new series, which is out now, and it's titled How to Make a Podcast, and it is available exclusively on Himalaya Learning. Now, Himalaya Learning, for those that don't know, is an audio learning platform that provides an extensive library of courses straight to your ears from the world's greatest minds like Malcolm Gladwell, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Linda Hill, and more. And we're delighted to be able to add to that list Scroobius Pip, who is, of course, one of the founders of Pod Bible and uh, appears often on this show. And uh, he presents and hosts how to make a podcast, our new series. And in that series, you will hear from podcast hosts, from producers, commissioners, production company bosses, and uh, of course, Pip himself offering up his expertise. And if you'd like to listen to the rest of this course after you've listened to this first episode, then you can go to himalaya.com forward slash pod. If you want to listen to all of our available episodes and, uh, you know, maybe try out some other ones, then yeah, using the promo code pod is probably the best way to go about it. Cause as I said, you get 14 days to just listen to as much as you like for free. Right now we have the first, uh, five episodes, I think four or five episodes up at Himalaya.com. They're going to be 10 in total. So well worth, uh, keeping an eye out, uh, on that. Um, but as I said, if you want to go and listen to what's available right now for free, then use the promo code pod at checkout. That is Himalaya.com forward slash pod. All right. That's it. I think I'm not going to come back at the end. I'm just going to let you listen to the first episode of our brand new series, How to Make a Podcast. Take it away, Scroobius Pip. Himalaya. You're listening to the first episode of How to Make a Podcast, a Himalaya learning audio course. To access the rest of the course and others like it, go to Himalaya.com slash pod and enter the promo code pod at checkout to get your first 14 days free. Podcasting has become a global phenomenon, especially in 2020 with so many people encouraged to stay at home during the coronavirus pandemic. At such a confusing and sometimes scary time, the intimacy that comes from podcasting became invaluable. With independent podcasts on the rise, you might be sat at home thinking, I could do that. And you can. You just need the right tools and information on how to get started. 
Welcome to the Pod Bible Guide on how to make a podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip, and as well as being a long-time podcaster myself, I'm also one of the founders of Pod Bible, a magazine, podcast, and digital hub that acts as an essential guide to podcasts. I'll be your main host for this series, but before we get into it, we'd love to tell you a bit more about Pod Bible. Over to you, Stu. Thanks, Pip. I'm Stu Whiffin, and alongside Pip and Adam Richardson, who you'll hear from shortly, we set up Pod Bible back in 2018, starting out with the Pod Bible magazine that comes out every two months, featuring interviews, reviews, and recommendations. Pod Bible is the only UK publication dedicated to all things podcast, as well as being available to read for free on our website. We also distribute the magazine across the country as a supplement with the Sunday Times. To accompany the magazine, we also have a weekly podcast, but I'll let Adam tell you all about that. Thank you, Stu. So, the Pod Bible podcast, let me tell you about it. We are well aware that podcast fans are always hungry for recommendations. So, to fill the gap between magazines, we decided to produce a weekly podcast that speaks to podcasters about podcasts and podcasting. Yep. It's the most meta thing that anybody has ever come up with, but we know that there is a market for it. Each week we have three guests. The first guest talks all about their show before the other two recommend a show that they love to listen to. And we try and keep each episode under half an hour. And the idea is that it acts as a supplement to your existing favourites rather than a replacement. So that's the Pod Bible podcast. Still got an appetite for more podcast content? Don't worry, we've got your back. Jordan? Hey, I'm Jordan Rizzieri, Pod Bible's online editor. Once you've read the magazine and listened to the podcast, a good place to further expand your podcast palette is the Pod Bible website and social channels. This is where you can find news, announcements, interviews, recommendations, reviews, and become part of the Pod Bible community. It's also the best place to find out what Pod Bible is doing next. So, as you can hear, Our journey so far has allowed us to meet and speak to so many interesting people from the wide world of podcasting. We've learnt so much, but we want to share that knowledge with you. So we've asked presenters, producers, commissioners and production company bosses to offer their expertise and help guide you on your own podcasting journey. Podcasting is one of the most democratic mediums out there. And in my time within it, I've been blown away by the community spirit shown across the industry at all levels. Now it's time to open up that community to you. But you don't want to go in empty-handed. So before we get to that, let's bring you up to speed on the history of podcasts. Right, so the first appearance of the word podcast featured in a Guardian article back in 2004. The article discussed the boom of amateur online radio and suggested calling this particular type of radio podcasting. In October of that same year, Libsyn became the first podcast service provider offering storage, bandwidth and RSS creation tools. Now, that's a really key thing now because the RSS feed allows people to subscribe and get your podcast every week and it allows you to upload in one place and have it appear on all different podcast platforms rather than having to go and upload it in each place. A year later, in June 2005, Apple announced that iTunes users could now subscribe to over 3,000 free podcasts. And as of April 2020, there were more than half a million. 
In July 2005, George W. Bush became the first president to release his weekly address as a podcast. And later in that same year, the Ricky Gervais Show podcast launched. And in 2007, Ricky, alongside his cohorts Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, set a Guinness World Record for the most downloaded podcast, reaching 261,670 downloads in a month. Dan Schreiber co-host of the hugely successful No Such Thing as a Fish podcast, remembers hearing the likes of Ricky, Stephen and Carl in the early days, and the sense of wonder at what they were creating. The early days of podcasting was a bit more sparse. There was, you know, wonderful shows out there. And I used to listen to a bunch of shows, but I was never, it was more fascination. It was sort of like, what is this weird thing? You know, why is Kevin Smith, this director, suddenly recording these weird little shows with his best friends and Ricky Gervais with Carl Pilkington. And then I had buddies like Helen Zaltzman who were doing these weekly shows. And it it looked so liberating because at the time I was producing for Radio 4 and, you know, you get this budget and everything's so important and, and you have to do health and safety and you have to book guests and everything has to be done. And there's this sort of sense of uh, this is the only way to make programming is that it has to be really important. Yet, Underneath it were all these amazing people online just bunging stuff out from their bedrooms and in some cases making them as good as a as a broadcast quality show. So at the time, I remember being fascinated that that was something that people could do, but it seemed like a distant idea that you could be a part of it yourself. For some reason, it felt like a different category of of person, someone who was an uber dork who understood the internet, did their graphics, did all their own editing, you know, a, a one-person studio. And Dan was mostly right, although it wasn't just the uber dorks who were getting into it. Soon enough, big radio networks saw the appeal of podcasting, and in October 2006, This American Life began to offer a podcast version of their radio show. This quickly grew to become one of the most popular podcasts around, with each episode receiving around 2.5 million downloads. As more and more radio shows started releasing their content as podcasts, many radio hosts themselves spotted an opportunity to branch out on their own. In September 2009, after his terrestrial radio show was cancelled, stand-up comedian Mark Maron launched his WTF podcast and has since interviewed a wide variety of huge names – None more so than former President of the United States, Barack Obama, who came and recorded in his garage. It's mind-blowing. It was an amazing point in podcast history. And I can contest to the same ideas and urges there. I I previously had a radio show on XFM, big commercial radio station in the UK. Um, But I realised I was mainly listening to podcasts, and podcasts were what had me excited. So... After gaining some attention from a few awards, I decided to leave the radio world and launch my own podcast, the Distraction Pieces podcast, in October 2014. Another person who sees the benefit of podcasting over radio is broadcaster Kate Thornton, host of White Wine Question Time and presenter on BBC Radio 2. The differences between podcast and radio are simple. It's freedom. But you can get giddy with freedom. So I think it really helps to have the discipline of radio for you to understand the the art of the spoken word as as a piece of broadcast, really. Um, and, and that's what a podcast is. It's an opportunity to broadcast and it's kind of your own radio show, but it still needs a structure and it still needs to sound professional. So with radio, obviously you're, you're working to the clock. 
you're you're usually live. Um, a podcast is a pre-recorded piece of audio content. The clock will dictate, certainly when you're working on, on a radio network like Radio 2, how many tracks you play, the kind of guests that you can book. You have to, you know, you work to your audience and you've got to know who your audience is. When you're launching a podcast, you have an audience in mind, but the uphill struggle for any podcaster is to find an audience. And um, if if you're coming straight out of the traps with no kind of big social media audience, then that's really hard. But I also think that there is a beauty to podcasting, which is that it is entirely about recommendation. Uh, You can't force somebody to listen to a podcast. You can't accidentally stumble upon a podcast. The actual act of getting to even hit and play means that you've already committed to that listen. So you've subscribed, you've downloaded it. Um, so you're already in by that point. So it's really tricky to get audience to you. But once you've got them, they mean so much more because they've already made a journey to to talk with you. Kate mentioned the importance of recommendations there. And I think most of us can remember the first time we had a podcast recommended or indeed were so excited by a podcast, we recommended it, whether it be the comedy of the Ricky Gervais show or Adam and Joe or when we first heard about Serial, the true crime podcast that became the most downloaded podcast of all time with over 420 million total downloads as of December 2018. Amanda Redman, producer of Drunk Women Solving Crime, remembers how Serial spread beyond usual podcast audiences and had people hooked from the first episode. A key point in the explosion of the true crime genre, and I think podcast, has to be Serial, which was produced by the same people that made This American Life, which, even though was in itself incredibly popular, wasn't really reaching people out of a kind of, I want to say, hipster mentality. Whilst when Serial was released, that tapped into a wider audience with a more populist mentality and you were hooked on the edge of your seat and couldn't wait for the next episode to come out. If you were lucky enough to have only discovered it towards the end, then you could binge listen to that series. And then people started to discover, hang on a minute, this podcast thing is amazing. What else is out there? And there were many people as well that did similar series to that. And good on them, I say, because other series that came out as a result just gave birth to a whole genre. And it wasn't just podcasts that tapped into this. It was also kind of off the back of that, I would say, Making a Murder on Netflix would not have been here today if Serial hadn't have got there first. From there, the true crime genre really took off as podcasts made their way into the mainstream and more people became aware of them. No longer do people look at you with a confused face when you mention the podcast you've been listening to. And the appetite for recommendations has become so large that in 2019, myself, Stu Whiffin and Adam Richardson launched Pod Bible. That uh, Now we've mentioned that. Uh, honestly, we're not just going to keep bringing that up. Um, yeah, anyway, let's move on. So, as you can see, it's been a wild ride with huge growth, particularly in recent years. Such growth may make it look like it's turned into an industry that would be hard to crack, but I promise you that it's still possible to break through and have your voice heard. One of the things I love so much about the medium of podcasting is the fact that there are no boundaries. I had a really moving experience with an episode I recorded with a young woman who'd survived sex trafficking and she wanted to share her story. So we did. We sat down and she shared in her words and she cried and I cried and everyone who listened cried. But as I was editing it and getting it all ready for release, I realised that 
she couldn't have told her story in her words on mainstream media. It would have had to have been edited and cleaned up and sanitised, but it's her story to tell. So I felt so overwhelmed to be able to provide that platform for her to still tell her story in her words because of podcasting. And that podcast ended up getting nominated for a humanitarian award. So it's mind-blowing. And we'll hear much more about the benefits of podcasting next time. But before we wrap things up for this episode, let's hear more from Kate Thornton on the freedom that podcasting allows. Podcasting opens up a freedom of conversation and having been through this kind of digital revolution where social media is king and, you know, in, in certainly on Twitter, 140 characters is all you've got to play with. There it was something for me as a journalist and a broadcaster that was just wonderful about the fact that you could take all the time you needed. All you needed to be mindful of was, was it good content? And I think it was a really important reminder to the wider media world that actually people do want a longer conversation, that we don't have the attention span of gnats, that we can cope with more than 30 seconds by way of a clip. And I think that in some ways it's been a saviour in that respect in terms of allowing long-form content on every level to not only persevere but to thrive actually. It's now estimated that over 180 million people have listened to a podcast. That's a lot of ears, right? I I mean, it's it's 360 million ears, specifically individual ears. So why not start your own podcast? We can guarantee that at least some of the 180 million people and 360 million ears, approximate, would love to hear what you come up with. On the next episode of How to Make a Podcast, we'll be looking at why you should start a podcast, how to come up with a concept, and some of the myths that may have been putting you off. What you just heard was the first episode of How to Make a Podcast, a Himalaya learning audio course. To access the rest of the course and others like it, go to Himalaya.com slash pod and enter promo code pod at checkout for your first 14 days free. Himalaya. 